fighting it. This morning, we're going to talk about salvation. Salvation. That's a very broad topic, and it encompasses a good deal, a great deal. And we're talking from the 52nd chapter of Isaiah, the first of the 15th verse. And I don't want to do too much summarizing this morning or whatever. It attaches itself to the last few preachings and teachings that we've had. And with salvation, with the gospel and the word of God, as I tell you, we can't keep covering the same ground. We have to, in publishing good tidings, in other words, good news, which is the gospel, it contains a great deal. You know, you should go to church and people continually talk about the death, burial, and resurrection. That's very important. That's at the heart of the gospel. But that's not the only element involved. We have to, as Paul says, declare the whole counsel of God. So we're in a preparatory stage. In other words, we're in preparation for the coming kingdom of God. We're preparing if we'll be a royal priesthood, the rule and reign with Christ. There's a getting ready process. Just like we got up this morning and we got ready for church. And I want to, Sister Harris used to say, well, Pastor, I've been looking for it. I'm coming because I needed that. Right, because that whole week you should have been praying for the sermon as you pray for the Bible studies, you pray for the word, you hungered and thirsted after righteousness, and righteousness is the word of God. And so as hungry souls being fed, when the feeder comes along, those that ministered bread, and when God supplies that bread, it fills a hungry soul, and when they eat of that bread, it, it makes them feel satisfied, it's filling. It's refreshing, and that's why it says, How beautiful are the feet on the mountains of him that bringeth glad tidings. One of the glad tidings is, we were once bound, now we are loosed. We were once at enmity, we were enemies of God. Now we have been reconciled to God by Jesus Christ. God was in Christ not imputing our trespasses against us, reconciling the world back unto himself. So Jesus Christ have came along who will prophesize in the scriptures in the word of God. If we read the scriptures, they testify of him. So that good news is from Genesis to Revelation, it's the whole counsel of God as to what Jesus has done, what God's word has accomplished and it gives you, it should strengthen your faith in God's word. And that's why it says, how can they uh, preach unless they've been sent? Yes. We're going to go over this this morning. I have three points, all of them. In this salvation series, I don't do a whole lot of alliterating all the time, but they all begin with S, all three of my points this morning. It says, awake, awake, put on thine strength, O Zion. Put on thy beautiful garments, O Jerusalem. The holy city. For henceforth there shall no more come into thee the uncircumcised, the unclean. Shake thyself from the dust. Arise and sit down, O Jerusalem, 
Loose thyself from the bands of thy neck, O captive daughter of Zion. Put, for thus saith the Lord, Ye have sold yourselves for naught, and ye shall be redeemed without money. For thus saith the Lord God, My people went down aforetime into Egypt to sojourn there, and the Syrian oppressed them without cause. Now therefore what have I hear, saith the Lord, that my people is taken away for naught. They that rule over them make them to howl, saith the Lord, and my name is continually every day blasphemer. Therefore my people shall know my name, therefore they shall know in that day that I am he that do it speak. Behold, it is I. How beautiful upon the mountains are the feet of him who bringeth good tidings, that publisheth peace, that bringeth good tidings of good, that publisheth salvation, that saith unto Zion, Thy God reigneth. Thy watchmen shall lift up the voice, with the voice together shall they sing. For they shall see eye to eye when the Lord shall bring again Zion. Bring forth into joy, singing, Ye waste peace places of Jerusalem, for the Lord had comforted his people. He had redeemed Jerusalem, the world, the salvation the Lord had made there bear his holy arm in the eyes of all the nations and all the ends of the earth shall see the salvation of our God. Depart ye, depart ye, go ye out from thence. Touch not no unclean thing. Go ye out of the midst of her. Be ye clean that bear the vessels of the Lord. For ye shall not go out with haste, nor go out by flight. For the Lord will go before you, and the God of Israel will be your reward. Behold, my servant shall deal prudently. He shall be exalted and extolled, and be very high, as many were a stone astonished at thee. His visage was so marred that any man, or more than any man, and his form more than the son of man. So shall he sprinkle many nations. The kings shall shut their mouths at him. For they which had not been told them shall they, and that which they had heard shall they consider. Blessed be the word of God, for the flower faded, the grass withered, but the word of God shall endure forever. Thus we keep the word of God within us, and it is what strengthens us. It is what strengthens us, and it gives us that joy that you feel now, because if we feel up on everything else, it's like drinking or eating before you get your main meal. You tell the adults tell the children, well, don't eat that sweet or don't drink that. It's going to spoil your appetite. Well, if you've been feeding on the world all week, and continually being barraged by the things and people around you. You may be full this morning. You may not want to eat. But to those that are hungered and thirsted for righteousness, we see God's word say, they shall be filled. So we want to, as Christians this morning, look at just what is he talking about? Feet here. How beautiful are the feet of those that publish it? Glad tidings. What is the glad tidings or whatever? We know people's feet, that's some of the worst. I don't want to see your feet. You know, a lot of times you don't want to deal with feet. Feet can be some ugly, smelly thing. Yes. So he's not talking about literal feet here, must not be. 
And this, you don't find nothing very beautiful about a lot of features. Most people try to hide or cover up their feet. Your feet carry you about. It is your feet. When your feet's bad, you can't hardly walk. You can't get about in the army or whatever. The protection is about the feet. The feet is a portion, a part of the body armor that God tells us to put on the whole armor of God. And it tells us, let our feet be shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. That means we have to put on and come in peaceably because we must live as peaceably as possible with all men. But without the proper feet, you can't stay, uh, remain steadfast or movable. When you plant your feet somewhere, it shows dominance of owning what you're walking on. Yeah, a lot of people say, I'm a man. I stand every inch of the ground that I walk on. In other words, you're traveling about, and God has us going about publishing his word, speaking that word, glorifying him, telling people, because once you be relieved and find out all of this good news that you can, you just have to tell somebody. You you kind of expect the zeal in it. That's what's regenerating and making you because the more you tell, the more people you tell, you'll see people heal from sicknesses. And I made the statement this morning, I don't really like to be around sick people or dull people. Or, there's different types of entrapments and spirits that's out there that, well, let me get in and out from around them as quick as possible because they're like headlights left on all night. They drain your battery. They take all of the energy. They saps it from you. I, I was asking about this feet thing when it says how beautiful are the feet of those that publish the gospel. What is the symbolism of feet in Christianity? They are a symbol for the traveling and effort required in bringing the good news to others. That's what they are. It's, it's symbolic of those that you, because a lot of people don't know what it takes to bring you this gospel. I have to be and live that way. We started it off and said uh, the gospel is the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. But I think that resurrection part for us goes ahead of the death because this is not a, just about his death and burial. This is about his life. Now, when he re rose, he rose with all power, but we have to live that life that he lived. It's going to be suffering in that life. It's going to be a lot of hard decisions in that life. Now, to have the proper death, burial, and resurrection, we have to have the right things going into that. It says, feet in Daniel 2 Feet are the one of the parts of a statue that symbolizes a succession of kingdoms. The feet made of clay and iron were crushed by a stone that was cut out, not by hand, human hand. In the book of Daniel, we see that feet had feet of gold, but the toes was made of miry clay. Yes. In other words, they didn't intermingle. You know, it's like water and oil. They they wasn't. You even heard of homogenized milk. They wasn't mixed together. The two couldn't become one. There are some cases the two can't become one. When we're joined to our wife, it says the two flesh become one. The two becomes one. 
But see, we living in a generation when people are join, trying to join a mule and a donkey together. That's mixed. We can't have things being mixed in bringing out a mule and a horse, bringing a donkey. That that doesn't work in God's doctrine. It doesn't work in God's view of things. Two cannot become one if both of them are men. That That's not a marriage. If both of them are women, that's not a marriage. We have to have two different things. So when we reconcile to God, we are humans. We are made of flesh. But that flesh has to die and be resurrected, joined to God, because God is spirit. Those that worship Him has to worship Him in spirit and in truth. So to become one with God, we have to be changed. A metamorphosis had to occur through His Word. That's a circumcision that comes in where He takes out the old heart and gives you a new heart. In other words, a new way of thinking, a new way of living. A hunger and thirsting to be filled by God's Word because then we are shaped, molded, and made in His image, in His likeness. So... This gospel, this 52nd chapter, starts at the, really the 48th or the 49th chapter and goes all the way through the 50th, 56th chapter or whatever. But we're dissecting the parts here. So these parts are for those that are already saved. Because he says, awake, awake. That's the first one, sent. You must be sent. In other words, how can they hear? without a preacher you see to be saved you have to hear the word of God it comes by hearing the word of God in other words someone has to publish someone has to bring that good news out a herald comes in speaking hey we got good news you watch the news for good news and nowadays you watch the news it's all bad news seem like so a lot of times the forecaster prognosticate, he says that which is given to him to say, but mixed in with that good news for some is bad news for a whole lot of others. Oh, yes. So sometimes it's a hammer to build, and other times it's a hammer to tear down. You're using the same hammer. We use the word of God to build up. That same word of God tears down. But we rejoicing in God's word. It's good news because we know we win in the end, that God wins in the end if we're on God's side. If we God, with God, if we join together, we're joint heirs with Christ. It says to rule and reign with him. That word that we looked at in there, it says, thy God reigning. In other words, now to those that are transformed, God is your father because like I said everybody can't pray that our father prayer because God is not everybody's father and we know thy God reigneth he's bringing it back to a condition a former condition in which it was a former condition in which it was and we must be dressed for the occasion God's inviting us to a special occasion He's bringing Zion back to a ruling and reigning position. He's bringing man back to the state in which he created man in because God's word prevails. And he says, let us make man in our image and after our likeness. And that's what God's doing and that's what he has been doing all along. Nothing hinders the purpose and the workings of God. So we're giving us back to dominion. 
So stop walking around here sad like your puppy just died or something. Like you done lost every dime you had. If it's if you lost, it's just like Joe, Joe, the Lord give it, the Lord take it away. God had taken seven sons and three dollars from him, but he still said, Though he slay me, yet will I serve him. He had took everything Job had. Yes. But he hadn't killed his spirit. That which is in you is eternal. It does not die. So stop serving a dead God. He says, I'm the God of Isaac, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. I'm the God of the living and not of the dead. Stop going around here as you're dead. Put on Christ. Arise, arise, awaken. In other words, of his spirit. That's why he's speaking. He's trying to get you to hear. Faith come by hearing of the word of God. That's why as a preacher, we have to come in speaking Thus saith the Lord. We have to say what God said. We can't twist the message, garble the message, or misconstrue the message. He says, when you hear the word at my mouth, you go back and speak the word. So you must be sent. There's a lot out there that's not sent. And unless God sent you, you can't do this job properly. This is a call to consciousness, a waking you up, realizing who you are, and what has happened to you? I'm a child of God. I've been born again. I've been birthed of the Spirit. And now, because of who I am, I have to put on Christ. I have to pull off and stop wallowing around in the dirt and mud and the muck mock, mock and mire. He's been washed in the blood of the Lamb. Now we're laboring. He kept us in the world. So unless He wash our feet, we have no part with it. But he's going to wash our feet with his word. He's going to wash our feet, which was symbolic when he washed the disciples' feet and told Peter. Peter said, you shall not wash my feet. He says, unless I wash, you have no part with it. So we see that Jesus has to do this work. This is a work that God has to do. Read the chapter and you'll see it's something God is doing and it's not something that we merited. We sold ourselves, each and every one of us sold ourselves into slavery, into bondage of this world. And if you're not feeling bound, if you can't see what's binding you, you can't be loose from the bands and the bounds of this world. Now through God's words, you may be married. You may have a wife. You may have a husband. You may have children or parents or whatever. But sometimes you have to be loose from those things. And that's why I think he's talking metaphorically. He's talking figuratively. In other words, don't let anyone or anybody bound you. That's why he says you must hate mother, father, sister, brother, even your own life to be a disciple of mine. Take up your cross and follow after me because mama might tell you wrong. Daddy might tell you wrong. Brother might tell you wrong. Sister, your children... Anybody, people can tell you wrong. That's why I say you have to watch the world that you're in. He says no more of the unclean or the uncircumcised shall enter in here. In other words, as we're putting on these beautiful garments, the church might soil us. We see in Revelation where he scolds some of the church and he says, I know your works, I know what you're doing, but some of these things you have and repent unless I come and fight against you. So we see this good news, the proclamation of his word, the reconciliation unto himself. 
It's to summon the church that are unjust. And we know he says he that is unjust, let him remain unjust. He that is unclean, let him remain unclean. Because there's people in the church that are not going to do the work that is required to cleanse and purge themselves. They may try to do it to other people and tell other people about that. But they're not looking in the mirror of God's word unto themselves. He says, O captive daughter, rid yourself of the chains around your neck, O captive daughter Zion. For the Lord says you were sold for nothing and you will be redeemed without money or without price. So God's going to come in and break you loose. The anointing is what breaks the yoke. So you have to know these things that are binding you. Sometimes it may take a tussle. Mm -hmm. You have to struggle to get free. You have to know what's not supposed to be here. You have to be like the king that comes into the wedding feast. Looked like the wedding feast was going on a long fine or whatever. But it was the king. It was God that comes in and see that you're not wearing the proper attire. He puts you out. And so we see God bearing down and judging. There's judgment. That's why he tells his messengers you must preach the word. Preaching in season and out of season. He said, My name is continually blasphemed all day long. Yes. You know, it bothers me a lot of people using the name of Jesus and saying, Let's pray and I know you. We're not talking some sentimental, gooey, gobbly gospel of being nice or whatever, false piety. I hate people that don't go to church or go to church with a lot of goggly goop and it's just a lot of say, oh, God's going to do it. Everything come out of their mouth is praise and say it's going to be all right if we just pray about this. No, you don't see the problem. The problem is that it's God that's tearing you apart because something is wrong in your life and God has given me the ability to see what's wrong. And I have to tell you about that. I can't strengthen in you. That's why you falling apart in this area. It's God that has hold to you. And he's going to take you until you say, Uncle, or else he's going to put you in the grave. Else he's going to put you in the grave. He's going to take you from limb to limb. He's going to purge you of all of these things if you don't awaken because he's looking for a triumphant church. If you're not the man of your house, you may need to be taken out of your house until God clear all that stuff out of your house. And when you come back, it says you may be saved. But everything else will be lost. You don't deserve a wife. You don't deserve children because you hadn't did this the way God says do it. So we see Job was doing everything the way God told him to do. And he gave him twice as many sons and daughters. So maybe these sons and daughters, their actions would be the right. But it wasn't, the problem wasn't with Job. Job even prayed to God and offered up sacrifices daily saying, perhaps they have sinned. Now I'm not going with Eliphaz and Job's friends of Zelophon that what Job done, God killed his children because they sinned or whatever. We don't know all the, the secrets and the details that God hadn't told us, but what we see that Job was rewarded with more sons and daughters. And you remember I said, sometime you have to die. Sometime you've ran your race, you're not here anymore. You know, you may be loose from a spouse, 
Well, he says, if you lose, seek not to be bound. If you're bound, seek not to be loose. Sometimes you may not want to go get another spouse. Sometimes you that part of your life is over with. You're at another stage. You're living up another life. Wake up. Wake up and see what's going on around you. He says, therefore, my people shall know my name and what it means. What it means to name the name of Christ, it means that these people have departed from iniquity. They have put on Christ. They have washed and purged themselves. It says the church, the bride of Christ, has made herself clean. She's washed her robes in the blood of the Lamb. So we must be aware of what's going on around us and in the world today. Ephesians, the fifth chapter, says, See then that you walk circumspectively. That is, therefore, that you walk carefully, living life with honor, purpose, and courage, shunning those who tolerate and enable evil. Because we've got a lot of enablers out there. And the thing is, you giving bad advice, and I watch people that gets bad and give bad advice. It's better not to say anything than to say the wrong thing, because that may be your opportunity to shine for Jesus Christ. Now, it may have made the person that you told that to, it might have ticked them off mighty bad. They may not want to fool with you no more or whatever. But you told them... Uh, you're living by faith, so the feet of those that deliver the gospel is those that live by faith. Yes. Those that are living an honorable life before God. Yes. It says, not as unwise, but as wise, sensible, intelligent, discerning people. In other words, people that discern according to the word of God. You remember I say, God has to be in mind when you bring every thought captive into the obedience of Jesus Christ, the Spirit is giving you what to say. Yes. So you can't go around saying things and recanting what you said and say, I'm sorry I said that and I shouldn't have said this and that, that. you got to get I, I'm not saying that that don't happen. That happened and sometimes it happened with me. But you got to get it to where you become patient. Remember I telling you a while back I had said something to the young lady at Jack in the Box, and my wife had forewarned me to watch it, to be careful at that time. Yes. See, but the thing is, sometimes we say things, and we're like Paul, and which happens to be a lot of times. Now, you said something that caused me to hurt your feelings, or something that caused us to come to a, a fork in the road to where it's going to be crossed. In other words, be careful how you push people or what you're doing or whatever because you will say something that I didn't want to say or that you didn't want to hear or whatever. Um, I, it caused a lot of sorrow, a lot of problems, but sometimes that's what those things happen. I'm mayhem, how can you say it? It's true. I'm sorry I said it or that you brought it that way. But it said, and I'm not taking. I'm not taking that back. That's what I said, and that's the problem here. See, that's what Job had got. His friends was giving him wrong advice and saying things. And Job says, "Miserable comforters are you. You very sorry for comforter. What kind of people are you? You know, sometimes when that fork in the road comes, you have to. 
it has the rubber has to meet the road sometimes. That's what it says live as peaceful as possible. Sometimes it's not possible to live with some people. Some people don't know how to mind their own business or how to watch how they push it. You and saying what they say. See, because as a Christian, we see that in that chapter about those who oppress you. It says uh, about the people that have done different things to you. Those that oppress you, it may have been your children. It says, my people sold themselves unto the world, and they were oppressed by the Syrians without cause. Sometimes your spouse may keep needling you or whatever, and you've got gone out of your way or whatever. These people have walked on you, whether it's your children or whatever. You've allowed this. You've forbearing. It's been long-suffering or whatever. But now God starts to pay them back. God may take that spouse out. He may take that child out. He may take you out. What's going to happen? But see, what's happening, we have to see. He says, fret not thyself because of evildoers. Maybe your spouse was dealing treacherously with you, and that's why God moved. Maybe they were hindering you because their ideas and their ways of life, they never were going to come to God. They didn't believe in God or whatever. And now that they're out of the way, I could come to God. The hindrances move. That's why we pray for God to move all hindrances. I didn't get into a battle with the man repairing my car or whatever. I prayed and tell God, it's your finances, it's your money, it's your stuff. And you see, and through faith, I trusted and believed in this, in this individual. I was as prudent as possible in dealing with this. Now you handle it, God. So whatever happens to him... I'm trying to live by that golden rule. I submit myself to others. I didn't raise my voice. I didn't try to defend myself or whatever on these things or whatever. We know what the situation is. So when people do you all manner of wrong and evil, remember what they've done unto you, they've done it unto the Lord. Now you and God say, that's from coming from learning God's word. Yes. See, but that Seth, that old man, he'll rise up and he'll spew out poison. You remember I say, we'll say things we shouldn't say. Something goes without speaking. Some things you hold in there and you go and tell God about it. That's why I say the channels has to be open. God didn't tell you to say or do what you say. You didn't went and curse somebody out. Well, now you need work on yourself because God didn't make you spew all that out. That's what defiles a man. So you have to go learn to control your temper. Temper is one is one of the fruit of the spirit. You have to control your anger. You didn't say something that you shouldn't have said. That shouldn't be coming out of your mouth. That's why I say you have to die to self. Self is not always dead. Those people that are always defending themselves and popping off, that person you popping off may stop emptying you. Yep. That person you popping off by might leave you like you remember Ray, the movie Ray? And they were shooting drugs or whatever. And yeah. he, Ray and this guy was, and, but Ray was blind. Yeah. And Ray told this guy something. And he said, tie yourself off with your bad self. And he left him there struggling. You know, sometimes people will leave you in the dark struggling. Yes. Some people, sometimes, why did the guy walk off from his wife and all these kids? Maybe she was getting on his nerves too much. Maybe it was better that he or she left. Instead of killing one of y'all. Yes. You know, that's why I say, sometimes divorces and people run off. Why Why your kids ain't here helping you or doing this? 
maybe you were too grouchy and contrary with them. Solomon said, it's better to live in a corner of the top of a roof instead of a house with a nagging and brawling woman. You're tired of hearing all that. See, all that comes from in the Word of God. You screaming and hollering. Well, now somebody is screaming and hollering at you back, and now you're nervous. That, that, that ain't like you. No, it ain't like me, but you've got on that last nerve. It says, be filled with the Spirit. Sometimes you have to say, Satan, get behind me. You know, because they didn't got on that last nerve. And until you do that, you won't receive the proper respect. It says, be filled with the Spirit. It says that. It says, Making the very most of your time on earth, recognizing and taking advantage of each opportunity and using it with wisdom and diligence. And this person is hindering your dreams. Don't let people hinder your dreams and everything trying to bring what they're trying to bring to accomplish. All of that's on them and it's not on you. You have to break free. God is saying rejoice. Nothing is holding you back but self. Yes. And if you have faith and confidence in Him... You can be loose from these things. So everything lines up on you because you're lining up on God and God lines up on everything. He lines us up. He says, don't drink too much wine for many evils lie about the path. Be filled instead with the Holy Spirit and controlled by Him. Talk with each other much about the Lord quoting hymns and psalms and spiritual things and singing to the Lord. It says, therefore, do not be foolish and thoughtless, but understand and firmly grasp what the will of the Lord is. Yes. The, this amplified version says, do not get drunk with wine, for that is wickedness, corruption, stupidity, and but be filled with the Holy Spirit, constantly guided about them. Now watch it as preaching and teaching. I didn't say don't drink wine. It says don't be filled with wine. In other words, don't let it to where it's controlling you and you're not controlling it. It's just like the tongue that's in your mouth. You must learn to control the tongue. Well, just like that tongue, you must be controlled by the Spirit of God. That's what that new birth does. That's why it says continue to be filled with the Spirit. Continually hearing the Word of God. So if you're watching television all day, that's the media. That's what they're saying, putting that in you. But instead, are you hearing the Word of God? Faith coming by hearing. So it's better to hear preaching and teaching and spiritual songs all day, and that's what you talk to one another about. So don't let nobody open their clap trap about you or to you about some things that you might have did when you were young and vain things to fill you up with dreams. And it says, filthy dreamers who defile the flesh. Well, talk to me about something profitable and don't put ideals and things in my mind that we can't reach or achieve. And that's what God says. It says, meditate on his word day and night. Think about what God has given you the ability to do and those that wait upon the Lord, he shall renew their strength. I'm trying to think about the next 20 or 25 years and where we'll be and how the world will be. Uh, If it is, we'll be this world. Uh, It would be the kingdom of God because that's what I'm trying to bring about. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done. It may cause for you to move out and get some other tenants. 
It causes us to, to pray to God to move all these things that are in the way. And how do we move those things? That's my second point. How are we going to move those things? It's by the sword of the Spirit. It's by God's Word. That's why it says rejoice, rejoice. We've been redeemed by the blood of the Lamb. So we as, as God's suffering servants stand steadfast and immovable in the faith, bruised and bloodied. It says that the servant, you couldn't even recognize him as vigils was so barred. You know, people are going to talk about you so bad behind your back and they're going to get here and gossip and say all these things. Sometimes it may come down to they physically assault you just like they physically assault Jesus. And about the truth, they had rushed him and tried to push him off of a cliff. For that same truth, they beat him with a cat of nine tails, they whipped him and hung him on a cross. It was all because of the word of Christ. So you're the suffering servant. We're going to go into that much detail in the next chapter. I tell you, this theme, this thought runs throughout these verses because it's not going to be easy because as he told Isaiah, you go and preach to a people that's not going to understand that's not going to hear you. You're going to a preacher people, Ezekiel, that's going to love to hear you preaching and teaching, but they're not going to do what you're saying. They're not going to do it. So, you know, we have a lot of tools in our chest, but we're not using those tools. God has given a, a lot of us talents, and we have to find our purpose and why God has put us in life, because if you hide those tools or talents in the ground, God's going to want to return on it. And you had used what God had given you. That's a lot that we should be accomplished. So we're looking for God's purpose and what God's way of life is. Did I have one more to be attached by that? Let me attach this to that while we're still talking about these feet, the beautiful feet. It says, what does hind feet mean in the Bible? You remember, it says you have feet like hind's feet. And I, I hadn't through the week and looking and everything and listening to other preachers and going, you know, that's what I say. I don't listen to a whole lot of singing, but preaching and teaching and I'm online trying to study this. This Heinz feet. Look at Psalm 18, chapter 33 verse. It says, He makes my feet like Heinz feet. A Heinz feet and that is able to stand firmly and tread safely on paths of testing and troubles. He sets me securely upon my high places. You remember I told you we have to walk circumspective in life. You have to be careful of what you're saying to people or what you're doing or what you're touching and everything in your life it's a careful walk. It's a tedious walk. And we see this hind's feet that's a type of deer and if you notice deer uh, in, that kind of animal, they have those hoofs of the feet. They're not walk. They can't walk good on a smooth surface or on flat surface or whatever. Well, you didn't see goats or different things. How they climb mountains and they're sure-footed. That's why people use a mule because they walk sure-footed. In other words, each step. God wants our steps not to slip and stumble. 
hinds feet walk securely. We have to be careful in our walk. And remember about the feet being beautiful on the feet of those that bring grand tides. In other words, we have to be careful. Walk symbolizes what does walk mean? Walk means a lifestyle, how we live. We have to be careful how we doing, how our actions are, the life we live. We must be careful. Everything is out there to trap you. It's dangerous to have money. Reading about some lottery winners and people that get a lot of money. Now you have to watch it because there's going to be people coming out of the woodwork to get what you have. That's so when you have the anointing of God, Satan's going to try to take that anointing or cause you to lose that anointing. He wants what you have. You have to be careful with this money thing because now you're in a church or you're in something and you're empowering people you shouldn't empower. You, you make it wealthy. You've given power to that thing. You know, your money gives power to certain things by your place. If people see you at certain place, they're going to think that you think that that's all right. You understand what I'm saying? When Paul was saying if meat makes his brother sin, he would eat no meat. Well, what Paul was saying is nothing's wrong with eating pork chops or ham or whatever, but I might not let you see me eat pork chops or ham or whatever. So the preacher may drink or do some different thing. Well, the preacher can't do it, though. The deacon may drink. Because a deacon can be given to a little wine. But the preacher shouldn't be. Right? He says, not giving these things. Yep. So some things we do or say, and it's just like with raising children, be careful what you say around children or whatever because you steal and exercise in what you're doing or whatever. you using words or things properly, but don't let a child see because they don't understand it yet. They don't know how to use it. They'll hurt themselves with it. It endangers them. So sometimes I don't say things around certain people because they'll get it twisted. They'll get it wrong. And a lot of people come in the church, and that's why it says don't make a young preacher a novice because sometimes his mouth gets him in a lot of trouble saying things he shouldn't say. He's not skilled in that. Some people hear me talking about nothing wrong with drink. They go back and drink or whatever, and they end up in a lot of troubles and problems because... Of all the people in the world, we're not designed to sing. You may not should drink at all. I ain't saying you're a preacher. I'm the reason you shouldn't drink. But physically, you may not should drink at all. You understand what I'm saying? So the Word of God is there and it's applicable in different ways to us all. That's why I say you have to get to know God and that His Spirit guide and lead you into all truth. His spirit is what you, is God telling you that, and God talks to us all. The preacher don't have a, 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 a what do you call it a clothes on God. Anybody can talk to God. Yes. God talks to us all, and we're led by the Spirit of God, and it's a walk of faith. But now it's different ways and styles and things that He say. He's not going to say anything to contradict. And you say, well, God told me this. You say, I don't think God told you that because. I know the way God operates and leads, so you can't say God calls you to do evil because God says, I tempt no man. Oh, but it says right here, God tempted Abraham. 
That means God tried Abraham. God tried Job. But when God does it, it's a trial because He knows you can pass that trial. The reason He plays that before you because it was time for you to graduate. But the reason He didn't put it before you because it was a temptation. You went out and did it. Now you messed up and you're sorry for doing it because you wasn't ready to do it. You did it because you seen other people saying it or doing it, and it wasn't for you. It wasn't. It might have been for them, but you don't know how they put themselves in that position. They were ready to do it. They were a prepared people back to this word of the Spirit and suffering servant. Isaiah, the 52nd chapter, 11 through the 15th verse, it says, Go now, leave your bonds and, and slavery, put Babylon and all it represents far behind you. It is unclean to you. You are the holy people of the Lord. Purify yourselves, all you who carry home the vessels of the Lord. You shall not leave in haste, running for your life, for the Lord will go ahead of you and he, the God of Israel, will protect you from behind. In other words, as you go out, people will see you leaving out. They're not going to run you out. Nobody's going to chase you off because God is protecting you. When he sent Cyrus to free the people, it was a process of leaving. They didn't have to leave in haste. You don't have to, but it's a process where you are leaving. It says, come out of the world. In coming out of the world, Babylon is the world. Yes. I may see you watching TV or whatever. I may sit there and watch a little of it with you or whatever. But I'm not tied up in it. I can take it or leave it. Yes. I can cut it off. Some things I watch in TV, and like I tell you, I cut it off in the middle of it. I don't have to watch ID. I don't like the characters. I don't like how it's written. It doesn't mean anything to me. It's just entertainment. It's there. We're watching a football game or whatever. Oh, you, it's just the first or the second quarter. I'm tired of it. It doesn't make a difference to me. I'm not addicted to that. My mind is on the Word of God. The characters has messed this up. The language has messed this up. You're understanding that it's a process and God tells us you're not in bondage to these things. You could, uh, It's coming up. You have... no. Whatever food it is, I can live with or without it. Don't yeah. be being brought into bondage to anything that's in the world. Yes. And people will say, how do you live like that? Because man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeded out of the mouth of God. Amen. Now, they're not going to understand that, but they see there's a difference for you. Now, everybody won't see the difference because there are a lot of people in the world and living worldly. And that happened with me with a lot of my relatives of people because as God says, when thou come around, strengthen thy brethren. And I've went back to try to preach and proclaim this gospel to everyone in my family, anyone and everyone I meet in and out of my family. People that bring me back and forth, uh, any contact I have, I try to bring this thing to you. But you may not understand it or whatever, but I'm not going to let this thing get so personal that I sacrifice my relationship with God for you or my relatives or whatever. Or anyone. God is a jealous God. And you can't put nothing or nobody before it. God comes first. The sport of the Spirit is the Word of God. It is what severs the ties that bind. Yes. It is the hammer that we're using. 
So a lot of people say you're cruel and without thought. No, I'm following God in the spirit of God. Amen. You remember, Amen. as I'm dressed for the occasion, you may soil my garments. Now you remember this in all your deeds and thoughts and action, and don't come to me and say, well, you did this or you said this, but you're not me. So you can't equalize the situation and do something because I did it. I did it because God led me to do it. Now, you didn't got entangled in this or whatever. Or God's punishing, not you trying to help me, get me to help you equivocate on this. And at the time, that's why I told you what I told you. That's why Paul was saying, you made me make sorry for what I did, but I'm not sorry because it achieved the purpose it should have achieved. So preaching has a purpose. And the rejoicing salvation, we might not understand why God tells us what to do or live, but we rejoicing and have peace and joy that no man can take because this is God doing it, it's not me. God liveth in me and I'm dying to self. It's hurting me to do or say some of the things that I do. Can you understand these things? That's what this conversation Paul was having in the 7th chapter of Romans that I do, I don't want to do. Just like when we were talking about cutting grass this morning, getting somebody else to cut grass. Mm -hmm. That sounded good, and a lot of people, for the save a buck or whatever, jump on that. But through faith and loyalty, it is nice, but let me say no, nice as I can, I have because it wouldn't be right to do those things. So all things are lawful. That's legal for me to do. Didn't I preach that the other week? Mm-hmm. All things are lawful, but all things are not expedient. Why should I dump the person we have for a new person just because it's going to save $40 or so? And the friendship, the relationship, the precept is what counts. Yes. yes. The precept is yes. what counts. So that's what God's Word is meaning yes. about We have to walk according to God's word. We must stir up the spirit in us to help us purge away all those infirmities. Hosea 7.14 says, Let those who have been weary and heavily laden under the burden of sin, finding relief in Christ, shake themselves from the dust of their doubts and fears, because if God starts telling you this, you would not want to uh, be afraid to do it, but God hadn't given us a spirit of fear, so we must shake ourselves from those things. We must loosen that. Hosea said, They have not cried unto me with their heart when they howl upon their beds. They assemble themselves for corn and wine, and they rebel against me. You're suffering. You're sick. You're at the end of the road. That's why you're doing it physically. You ain't doing it because God led you to do that. You're doing it because you ain't a bind, and you can't get out of that bind. You sick, you have lost physical health and everything. You need someone to help you. But it's not God that's driving this. This is in the physical. Now, that, that's what I say. Now, we must know that that's what God's saying and doing it. But sometimes it's not that clear because we're walking by faith. And faith operates by, by just that believing God in God's Word. Amen. So we can't see faith. But the faith in action is by what we're doing is resisting that because we're sometimes we out of pity or pitying the person or individual we help or do things 
in pity and mercy is different. You don't... Mercy is helping and doing this because God drives you with His mercy to be merciful unto others, but pity is doing it from a fleshly insight, feeling sorry, having empathy on that individual, but sometimes it's time for that dice to roll the way it went. The light has fallen on that individual. Yes. It says, sometimes we cry out, Lord, Lord, help us. And the Bible says, don't save those from the sword who I've sent the sword to. Let him, the sword, take those that I've sent to. Sometimes the wrath of God coming upon the children of disobedience. So I say, we have to study God's word. We have to consistently be in contact with God. Because you remember I told you, this is a precarious walk. And what we say may come back upon us. What a man sow it, he shall reap. So you'd better be sure that you're led by the Spirit of God in this discernment. But it's rejoicing. It's a festival. It's a beautiful occasion because you've put on Christ. If you're ruling and reigning with Christ, there's going to be a many difficult decisions. But if you've been reconciling to God, you've been redeemed. The depart, it says depart, go out from the land of exile, touch no unclean thing. So I can't do that. Even though you're doing it, I can't do it. It's going to soil me. It says touch no unclean thing. Go out from the midst of Babylon. Purify yourself, you who carry the articles of the Lord. So there were a lot of things that the priest couldn't touch or do, but it contaminates you. And it was as I was saying, where the deacon drank and wine, or God says this person can drink, but it says for me not to do it. See, some things contaminate us. Mm -hmm. And we have to find out in life because there's a hope that lies in us. When God, when we receive this good news, the glad tidings, now we have to find out what are the things that kill these these feelings. And in the book of Song of Solomon, it says, it's the small foxes that destroy the vines. Yes. People watch it, movies and everything, so don't get a movie analogy into your mind as I say this. You know what a vampire is? Nowadays, what vampire is, you know that light on your phone or the apps on your battery? They're running, and they're running in the background. They're taking juice, a little juice here and a little juice there. It's sucking them dry. That's the thing in life. Little things suck you dry. That light on the microwave, that light on all of these electrical objects here in the house, it's pulling, uh, what you call it, watts or amperage. Brother Jackson would know he deal with electricity. But it's still taking lights to run that light that's on. It may be a little bit of light or unnoticeable light, but it's all attached to the source. Well, all of these little sins, all of this weights and sin, it's besetting us from running the race. You have to cut these little things loose. It's called the ties that bind. So we have to keep those things because the devil is in the details. All the details in your life, the devil are in those things. That's why a child of God, when he say awaken and be conscious, he says praying, the flesh is weak, but the spirit is willing. 
We have to strengthen that spirit. Yes. To we watching and taking heed to all things. You know, when you're talking and doing things, you can start to feel the people that are in agreement with you. Or sometimes you feel the people that's always trying to find a hole or blow a fear something, what you're saying. They're trying to find something to tear you down or they ask questions and everything. It's not really to learn. It's not motivated by spirit of God or spirit of hell. It's motivated in a sensual or devilish way. So you, all of those things encompass becoming a child of God in this salvation issue. Because you've been in Babylon, you've been in the world, and by television and people and all of the things in the world, Jesus had prayed for you, keep them from the evil that's in the world. Yes. That's why it says, love not the world or the things of the world, because all of these things are not evil within themselves, but the world is perverted. That's why he has to destroy this world and that this world is passing away because it's a great perversion because everything God made in the beginning was good. Yes. But we've perverted it. So Satan is the God of this world. And we're bringing in a new kingdom, a new world. He says, thy kingdom come. But we have to fight. We have to struggle in this even though the battle is already won, now it's a spiritual thing and we're putting on Christ. Those are the beautiful garments and robes that we're coming on to. It says, see what an incredible quality of love the Father has shown to us that we would be permitted a be named, a have a call the children of God. That's a wonderful privilege that that's really good news that now we are the sons of God. Now we have eternal life. So that's something to rejoice about. But it's something that's very privileged, very important. And it's like that birthright that Esau sold. We better be careful because somebody's trying to use chicanery to get that from under us. For this reason, the world does not know us because it did not know him. Beloved, we are even right now children of God. It's not yet clear what we will be or how this is going to be about. But we know that when he comes and is revealed, we will be like him because we will see him just as he is in all of his glory. So we don't see how beautiful it is to be enrobed in Christ. We don't see the difference. We can't understand that. God didn't give it all to us, but we know by faith faith, trusting that we're going to be just like him and that he's forming us in his image and likeness now. That's why we can't do it according to our thoughts and our ways because they're not like his ways. We're getting dressed for God, but it requires the whole word of God. It requires being washed by him. It requires being washed in his blood. Everyone who has this hope In other words, it's not every other one. It's every child of God that has this hope placed in him, confidently in him, purifies himself. Because of that hope, you go purify. It gives you zeal, that spirit. When you're born again, that's why it says it's a difference because without this thing that makes a difference, you don't have the works. Faith has works. Faith has works. So it says, he purifies himself 
just as he is pure, just as Jesus is pure. So through our life, living our life, our walk, we're going to walk it as Christ walked it because we've been reconciling to God. He's giving us the tools and everything, and we have to wash our hands of the matter. Yes. God said, sometimes you have to wash your hands of some people. Yes. But that's going to require being able to associate and be around them or whatever, but that you're not intimately around in them and that you're subjected to the things of the world, but you're not part of them. So when that thing falls, they may say, I thought you were on my side. Well, that's what you get for thinking that way. Because God told me to live as peaceable as possible with you, to help you and to do all these things. See, because I'm doing this because... I'm being obedient to God in the word of God. So just like with Joseph's brothers, they start coming back to Joseph and saying and all this. Joseph said, now don't act like you did this to help me. You did it for evil. God made it for good. So they sold Joseph into slavery, not helping Joseph, but it was because they were wicked and evil. But Joseph helped them because they were his brothers. They were his flesh. And that's what he was supposed to do. He says, don't grow weary of well-doing. God put him in a specific spot in Potiphar's house, ruling and reigning, all those things. Potiphar's wife said, come and lie with me. Come sleep with me. Well, he might have done it. didn't got off. Wouldn't nobody know it. But what Joseph says, how can I do this sin and sin against God? See, because sin and transgression is here. We have to wash ourselves. Yes. So be careful what you're doing in secret because what's done in the dark, it's going to come to the light. Amen. So why was you doing these things? I told you, let's look for motivation in a lot of the things we're doing. What motivates you to do this? It says, everyone who practices sin also practices lawlessness. And sin is lawlessness, ignoring God's law by action or neglect or by tolerating wrongdoing, being unrestrained by his commands and his wills. So you're not battling within your mind against your flesh because that what you want to do, you do not. Yeah. I was in a store the other day, around someone the other day, and they were buying lottery tickets and doing something else. And they were, a conversation or whatever came up with them and someone else. And I didn't intervene or whatever, I just stood there. Well, what do you think of? In other words, I'm not saying it's evil or wrong or whatever. I may want to buy one. You ever been around someone drinking something or whatever, and hot as it is out there or whatever, and somebody's drinking that cold Budweiser or whatever, and you there or whatever. There's nothing evil and wrong in itself for this, and that person may have gotten off work. He may be just wanting a cold thing. And, by me, I used the name Budweiser. I used to drink Budweiser when I was in the world drinking whatever. So even though it's not a sin or a weight, have you ever struggled in the flesh? There's nothing you could go at on. But then you say, well, I don't really want it. Because why? That would be a gratification of the flesh. Yes. Yes. So that individual, why would you bring me in that conversation or whatever? I'm struggling enough with it. If you wanted it, go on and do it or whatever. You don't need to tell me about it or whatever. It's just like a lot of times women don't know what men struggling with to bring up sexual relations and different things. 
it's a lot in this world that we are around. It's like a bank teller counting out money. You're around this all the time. You may need money, but it's not yours. Uh, it's that stealing or using of it. It keeps money on your mind. You don't want to be in that place or put it in a position because it's a struggle. And Satan knows what you need, and those are the things he puts before you. I was at someone's house this week or whatever, and they were listening at the match game was on, and at Wayne Brady is the yeah. lead match game. And he said, "This we're going to give away a car. Each day this week we're going to be giving away a car. Well, that puts that in that person's mind and everything. And here my car running hot, and I've got a problem with my truck, and it's going on. Now that's in my mind, a new car, a new truck or whatever. In comes the mail that you can get this. All of those things you're struggling with, and you have to get away from around them, and it makes you think. So it is a struggle to purify yourself and put yourself in places. That's why I say stop just thinking about Babylon because anything could be your Babylon. Anything could be that mountain or molehill or whatever that you have to keep yourself tainted from to keep your garments clean. He says, you know that he appeared in a visible form as a man in order to take away sins, and in him there is no sin, and he committed no sin. So no one abides in him or have united fellowship with him, practices sin, or does these things. Because if we put on Christ, it's God's word that washes us, and now I must get away from these these circumstances of these places. I can't go in a bar or be in a bar because this may tempt me away or whatever. Uh, it's nothing wrong with you watching this movie or things on the television, but I'm just going to come in and I'm going to leave or whatever because it's not conducive to my spirit man. Yes. So you don't want to go around being a stick in the mud or whatever. But then when people ask you, well, why you don't want to watch this or why it's that way? That's a segue. That's a way to start saying because I've been born again, and these are the things I'm trying to think and meditate upon. I'm content with such that I have. So I'm content with putting a few dollars in on the old car I have or the old truck I have. I'm content with the clothes I have. I don't want you putting something in my mind by something new or something different. Women, a thing coming around. Okay, well, I'm too old for that. Me and my wife have been married, what, 43 years or coming up this year. I'm happy with my wife. Me or her may not be in the best condition or whatever. We were young. We have five children or whatever. But some things in life is past. Now we're in a different thought and a mindset. And that's what we enjoy where we are now, where I am now. So you can offer things of this and that, that, but that, don't put those things in my because I'm human. You didn't hear the thing, I'm only human. But you putting traps and temptations, you putting stumbling blocks before me. But when I hear God's word, it purges me, it washes me. God's doing this thing. Isaiah 1 and 25 says, And I will turn my hand against you, and I will thoroughly purge away your dross as lie 
and remove all your sins. So God's cleaning me from these thoughts. Why are you telling me and putting bad thoughts and things in my mind? I'm dressing. I'm putting on the whole arm of God. Well, that arm of God is the helmet of salvation. And I'm closing this here. Salvation, the year of Jubilee, what you're rejoicing about. That helmet of salvation that I put on, it says bring, put, it, bring, put on the helmet of salvation. It brings every thought into the captivity and obedience of our Lord, Savior, Jesus Christ, casting down imagination in everything that exalts itself against God. Amen. So as for that woman, don't try to put no woman in my mind. Don't try to put no liquor in my mind. The advertising, what they're advertising and promoting on TV, I don't have and I may not need. God has given me sufficient of everything that I need. It says, be content with such that you have. I didn't have five children. I don't need any more. They would run me crazy. When my grandchildren come over, I'm ready for them to leave after a while because all this talking and judging between this or whatever. But I rejoice and glad for those that have. I have a grandson on the way. It should be here Monday. And if he's not here Monday, I think they go induce labor or something to where she have the child on the 4th or whatever if she don't be had it on his due date. But see, those are the things. It says, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, think on these things. I'm thinking on me and my wife holding hands or being together, uh, uh, watching television or doing these things. We used to travel on every vacation or whatever, but now she's me and you Well, life has taken its course. But now we're content at that 60 year. Both of us are in our 60s. So we content and live like 60-year-old people and not like 20-year-old people. Ezekiel 36 chapter says, Then I will sprinkle you with clean water on you, and you will be clean. I will cleanse you from all your uncleanliness and from all your idols. Moreover, I will give you a new heart and put a new spirit within you. I will remove the heart of stone from your flesh and give you a heart of flesh. I will put my spirit within you and cause you to walk in my statutes, and you will keep my ordinances and do them. So we're going to be able to keep God's word. He's going to write us and he's going to cleanse us. And so we're walking the way he designed. That's what we're looking for. That's what we're seeking after. This is the year of jubilee. Salvation has come. Today is the day of salvation. So we rejoice and tell others about this. That you don't have to do all these things. When life changes and life comes, make sure that it's God changing your life. It's going to require repentance. It's going to require turning from your old ways. It's going to require that death in burial. The old man is dead. And each time he wake up or rise up, you must kill him or kill people that's trying to awaken the old man. Those that's trying to bring up the old man. You go back and you pray to God. God, help keep this person from around me. Help keep me out of this situation because they put ideas and thoughts in my head that I shouldn't have. Lord God, would you help me, Lord God, and help this individual. He's running this parched place or whatever. He's caused me a lot of hardship and things. He's supposed to have to fix my vehicle or whatever. He didn't do it. He's not able to do it. 
you come into his life, come up against him and show him and, and whatever is, is you know, I don't know. His spirit will make intercession for you. As we come to prayer service Monday and we praying or whatever, you pray and I pray for my nephews, nieces, cousins. I'll pray for my relatives, everybody that I run in through the week. Everything that has occurred, you go back and think and bring those things and place them before God and ask him the clear path because he says, you, you're not going to have to leave in haste. In other words, you have time to make these decisions. You're going to walk away from here, but you're going to be stronger in me. I'm going to strengthen you. I'm going to give you a life because you're walking in salvation. My God reigns. He has given us the d- dominion, and we have prepared ourselves. He had given us liberty. All we have to do is wake up and see that it is done. Yes. It is finished. We just have to walk therein. And tell people these things and let them see it on you. Heavenly Father, as I come before you this day, Lord God, I ask you, Lord God, to help me to publish your word, Lord God. Help me to tell others why do I live the way.